Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Spooky Season. We're here uh, for a very special edition of Horror Fest, which is our annual, uh, or I, I, I like to call it, we haven't called it this yet, Al, Christmas for Al, uh, which is, you mm. know, his his Halloween is typically uh, how, how most people view Christmas, and I know that's his, you know, that's his favorite holiday, and, uh, and so I, I noticed that I was going back and and uh, kind of listen to some of the other ones, kind of, you know, make sure we're, we're following the same track. Because, you know, this is becoming a thing now, Al. So we've got to, like, we got to give people what we want or what they want. So I was trying to, you know, make sure we're, we're doing pretty similar things. And I noticed I kept calling it Christmas for Al. Haven't called it Christmas for Al yet this year. Uh, so I'm very, very excited to do that for the first time. Uh, Al, how are you doing tonight? I'm, I mean, I'm just as, as jolly as St. Nicholas himself. Just, did you say Saint Nicholas? Is that what you said? <laughs> I did say Saint, but like, sure, yeah. Listen, I was going with you, dude. I, was I, think going. That's, I think that's his Christian name. <laughs> Saint <laughs> Nicholas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, no, no, it's good. I'm just enjoying the season. I'm watching a whole bunch of horror um, stuff this month. Um, some of it is better than others. And yeah, and you can use that as a segue if you want to. Well, they, I mean, yeah, that is, that is a good segue. I, I will say that's Al. Uh, he's, he's, he's our resident horror fan. He likes to introduce me as somebody who's a little reticent about horror movies. I think that's probably fair. Uh, my name's Josh, uh, the wise sage around here. And, uh, and tonight it's a special one. It's probably quite possibly going to be the best horror fest we've ever done. Not only because we have a great guest with us in the editor-in-chief the EIC, Jacob Vance Hardesty. Jake, how are you doing tonight? I mean, I just got done watching one of my favorite movies of all time, so I'm very good. Well, that's a segue. So Al, you know, said some good, some bad. Jake, what's the movie we're talking about tonight? Josh, tonight we are talking about 2004's cinematic masterpiece known as Van Helsing. Oh, yes, we are. That's what we're talking about tonight. And I'll tell you, um, this is probably... Uh, you know, Al, I mean, like, you know, Al, you kind of, I, I, you, you were a little, you were a little hesitant to do this movie. Uh, I'll just ask real quick, you know, I, I do have, I do have a, 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 a an off, a offshoot question here in a second, but I do want to ask real quick, did, did your viewing this last viewing of this movie, did your, uh, estimation of this movie improve at all? Um, well, Josh, thank you very much. Um, so <clears throat> I just want to say up front, uh, as fandom correspondents, uh, we are contractually obligated to have Jacob on one episode of our show every year. <laughs> um, so, so here he is. Um, but, um, yeah, so I remember when we were talking about doing Van Helsing and Jacob had suggested it, I, for a while, I wasn't sure if he was being serious or not. And then I determined that he was. And I saw <laughs> that you were on board with it as well, um, Josh. And that was that was when I felt the first knife in my back. And then, <laughs> and then uh, to answer your question, yeah, I watched it last night. I watched it with my wonderful wife, Alyssa. Um, and um, I got to say shout outs to her because when we talked about it, Originally, I told y'all, I think the last two times I've tried to watch Van Helsing, I f f fell asleep. 
And so shout outs to my wonderful wife, who, if not for her, I would have fallen asleep at two different times during this movie last night <laughs> without her reaching over and waking me up to to enjoy, of course, the rest of the film. So um, I'd say I'd say it was about accurate. I'd say I was I'm still pretty staunch on where I was. <laughs> it, it, it's, it carries the same weight as it always has, right? It, it oh oh it's gonna carry that weight. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know it's it's funny. Um, this movie, you know, I think I think one of the reasons me and Jake wanted to do it, one of the reasons I wanted to do this kind of movie is because we haven't really done this type of movie in Horror Fest yet. We haven't done. I mean, the closest we've probably come to doing a movie like this is probably The Conjuring, as far as like what I would say is a blockbuster horror movie not this movie did gangbusters we're going to get into that but like this movie was intended um to be a big summer spectacle yet it's based around uh scary movie horror movie uh, elements which i think puts it in an interesting place there's not a whole lot of movies like this um and we've seen this we've seen this attempted a few times uh sometimes it works you know, with like with the Mummy, I know uh, I know Alyssa's a big fan of the Mummy. Uh, Brendan Fraser, uh, I still think a movie that holds up pretty well. Uh, sometimes it doesn't work with the, the Mummy. mummy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you knew, knew where I was going with that. Uh, with Tom Cruise and Russell Crowe, uh, you know. Um, so like, you know, it, it's 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 a hard thing to kind of pull off. Um, but I remember distinctly when this movie came out, it, I remember reading the the cover story on Entertainment Weekly. And Al, you're not going to believe this. And viewers, if you've watched this movie, you're not going to believe this. But there was a lot of confidence that this movie was going to do extremely well. Um, to the point that, like, they were already talking about the fact in the, in the article that, you know, the Frankenstein monster was going to get his own spinoff movie. You know, that they were talking about, you know, sequels and, and how, how they were going to use all these different uh, old Hollywood monsters uh, to, to talk about or, or to have uh, have different uh, set pieces and different uh, uh, storylines that they could explore through the different characters in this movie. Um, Jake, you know, you were, you know, you were 10 when this came out. I was. <laughs> you yes. were 10 when this came out. I was. Uh, what, what, are your, what are your memories of this movie when it came out? So my memories, my, my earliest memory is seeing the trailer for it during the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Um, at a, there was a local place together for Christian teenagers, I guess would be the correct term, uh, co- called Common Ground. Yeah, yeah, sure. A um, local place together for Christian teenagers. I probably what they were going for. I <laughs> I don't know a better way to put it. Yeah. I guess a Christian nightclub, but that just sounds weird. It was a local place together. Um, but the but anyways, there was a Super Bowl party, and I remember distinctly. Um, it was the it was the um, it was the Super Bowl where we didn't watch the halftime show because it was Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson. Oh, um, yeah. But that also was the same year. Uh, on a more important note, that uh, would be what, that yeah. Van Helsing, uh, the trailer for it premiered. And pretty much from that moment on, I wanted to see this movie, and uh, mom would not let me yeah. see it in theaters. Yeah, fair, smart, um, smart woman, and, very smart woman. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I don't remember. 
I don't remember when I first saw it, but I remember that just like immediately, just for some reason, falling in love with pretty much every aspect of the storyline, <laughs> and I don't know why. Um, I have recently discovered that I do like the more I think about it, I do like a lot of the. God, this is gonna be. This is gonna, one of you is gonna laugh at this. I do like the kind of gothic Victorian esque styles. Such as, in, as you see in certain elements of Castlevania or the Soulsborne games and things like that. And I don't know if that necessarily started with this movie. Uh, I can't think of any earlier inclination that I would have had towards that. So I'm assuming it started your, with this. Your, your introduction to gothic horror was the Van Helsing movie? Yes. That's amazing. I mean, I mean, what else would I have watched? I, dude, I don't say. I, I mean, I'm just saying, like you know. I mean, um, unless, I mean, this 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 movie this movie did some things right, I guess. Yeah, you know, there you go. This and uh, would you call Rebecca a, a gothic? Horror? Yeah, and Rebecca is definitely. I mean, it's a, it's a gothic. You know, okay, sorry, gothic. Yeah, definitely. So, is. so this, so this, and Alfred Hitchcock's Rebecca. And Alfred Hitchcock, Rebecca, <laughs> and Alfred Hitchcock's re- treatment of Daphne de Maurier's Rebecca. <laughs> Alongside Stephen Summers, Van Helsing, you know, uh, I do. I mean, I do, I mean I do, two peas in a pod. Yeah, exactly. I do want to bring <laughs> this up out because, like, you're always teasing me. So Stephen Summers, interesting director. Um, he's kind of, he's kind of on a roll when this movie comes around. Uh, first movie he does, I never heard of, is like called Catch Me If You Can. Never heard of it. Second movie he did was The Adventures of Huck Finn, the Elijah Woodwin. Ooh. Yes. yes. Oh, no. I'm okay. Yes. All right. Then he does Deep Rising. Then he gets on a roll where he hits The Mummy and Mummy Returns. And then he does this movie. And I guess probably. Hold on. Hold on, hold on now. Hold on now. You can't skip over that he did The Scorpion King. Did he do, that's did he not, do Scorpion King? He, one, he didn't do it. But also, that's after Van Helsing, isn't it? No, The Scorpion King that's, was in 2002 and he wrote The Scorpion King. Okay. Well, I'm Damn saying direct. Really? I'm saying direct. <laughs> boy, like, I, I don't. Yeah, oh, he's a very prominent writer. But hold on, hold on. That's not what you're going to give me. That's not what you're going to have fun with, okay? He does Van Helsing, okay? Mm-hmm. All right, Van Helsing is not really well received. He takes a step back, somehow fails into doing the G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra movie. Mm, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, this yeah. man is a very important part of my life, and I didn't even know that, you know? Um, and then was an executive producer and co-writer on Retaliation as well. So he's a... He's a pretty prominent writer. He does. He seems like he does a lot of script treatments now. Um, it doesn't look like he's ever going to be able to uh, direct again. His last movie was Odd Thomas, the weird Dean oh. Koontz, Anton Yelkin uh, movie where the the uh, baker sees dead people. Uh, so it's kind of that's kind of a weird uh, that that was in 2013. He hasn't directed anything since. So um, you know, but it is interesting that he had a he had a he had a little moment there. With the Mummy and Mummy Returns, and and you know Scorpion King, not good, but kind of a kind of an important movie gives us you know really gives us the Rock and what the Rock turns into. Um, so yeah, so I, I did want to bring that up. Um, Al, as someone who takes horror movies very seriously, okay, what would be your your if, if someone was like, I, Al, I know you like horror movies. I'm thinking of liking Van Helsing. What would you say to them? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I would probably ask them, 
why that one? Or <laughs> how did that get on your radar? Or are you sure you want to watch a horror movie? <laughs> <laughs> Because it sounds like you just want to watch Van Helsing. <laughs> well, I mean, Van Helsing is definitely playing. Um, you know, like we, we've talked a lot about, and, and we're 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 probably all going to. Well, Jake isn't. Jake's already said he's not going to say anything bad about Van Helsing. Me and you are probably going to have some pretty pretty harsh critiques of this movie, um, and then Jake will have to stand up and defend uh, Gabriel Mox. Uh, uh, is is it mocked or is it? Who are you thinking of? Who's, who's Dracula in this? Is that, that's not Gabriel Mock? Nope, that'd be Richard Roxburgh. Oh, it is Richard Roxburgh. Yeah. I always get those two you people too busy studying on Stephen Summers. I was. I was. Hey, hey. I mean, I, 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 yeah, yeah. I, I did. I did. I, I looked at. I looked at the two performances I liked, and I know. I know which two those are. Okay. Um, so, but anyway. Um, but anyway, you know. Uh, I'm wondering who you're going to leave out. Now. Yeah, who I'm going to leave out. Like. <laughs> Anyway, um, Al, as a as someone who is a purveyor of horror films, you know this this movie does try to play in a lot of the horror archetypes. You know, there's there's jump scares, you know, there's kind of like these attempts at like tense moments. Uh, does it do anything right as a horror movie? Uh, there are some attempts. That's true. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, like if I want to be generous to this film. Which I don't really want to be, but I will be. Um, I will say that, like, you know, for CGI being where it was at the time in 2004 and and the things they went for, I will say that for the most part, uh, the monster designs aren't bad. Um, The vampires, when they transform into their vampire forms... Um, they look fine. Um, the final vampire form of Dracula himself is actually pretty good. Um, I, I still kind of contend that this is that this is probably the best executed version of a airwolf that we've seen. Uh, that c- could be a personal thing for me. I just think that like the werewolf um, designs in this are really really nice. Um, they are, they toe the line between being very fantastical and being like something that you could believe in as far as like a, a wolf man hybrid. Um, uh, Airwolf by Night, um, that came out last year, I want to say, um, is also up there as well. That one's really good. But, um, but yeah, it does some things right. It, it, it's hard to really say because it's an interesting take on action horror because usually with action horror, it attempts to blend the jump scares in with the action itself very seamlessly. Um, an example of this, um, an example of something that I think is probably the best action horror film still to date is aliens um and you can see all throughout aliens like yeah there are some moments of quiet and some moments of tension but um really a lot of the scares themselves come from as the action scenes are happening um and i didn't really get that 
from Van Helsing. It very much felt like this was an action film first, and then if it kind of thought about it, um, or really in between the action scenes, it really is when it tried to focus on scares and tension and things like that. But um, on the action scenes themselves, which is where, again, you typically expect the horror scenes um, to come up in, historically, um, were just so focused on being action scenes. And also were, and I might get some pushback on this a bit, but the action scenes in Van Helsing at times feel very slow for some reason. And I'm not just talking about all of the slow-mo shots that they did um, uh, specifically on okay, Heck and Sale, um, which were great, but like, um, I mean, just in general, the action scenes, a lot of them just felt very slow, just felt very much like they were almost um, being executed underwater in a lot of ways. Like, it just felt very slow and very hunky. So there weren't a lot of opportunities for the scares to come up in those scenes because, again, it was just very focused on the action and, and there wasn't a whole lot of room for them um, to pop up in the action. So you have the situation where it's an action horror, but those two things feel very separated from each other throughout the film. And so you get this weird experience of like, um, you know, there are scenes where it's focusing on being an action movie and there are scenes where it's trying to focus on being a horror film and you don't really get a satisfying combination of either of those things at the end of it. Uh, uh, Jake, you hit the action scenes pretty hard. I know you tend to like them. I mean, like, uh, you know, the, the, the action scenes hold up, do they hold up to you? For a 2004 movie, they do. Is that right? Um, I would say. No, I <clears throat> look. I I for the record, I want to clarify. I said I wasn't going to say anything bad about David Wenham. I didn't say I wasn't going to say oh, anything bad about David Wenham. My Hansen. bad. Okay. Um, obviously, like as as much as I love this movie, <laughs> just because it has a lot of nostalgia for me um, from watching it when I was younger. I can't admit there are things wrong with it uh, as much as I do enjoy it. Um, and the action can be, can be very clunky. I, th- I think it is largely the, the setting and some of the performances are what really kind of, I love about it, but um, I don't know. There, there, there are certain scenes I do really enjoy, like from, from the action perspective. I do, I personally, I've always enjoyed the the opening fight with Mister Hyde. the The only thing that looks really that's always looked weird to me is when he's stuck in the bell. Um, he takes his arm off with the little buzzsaw spinny thing, like he does like a single cut, and apparently it just takes it off. Like it, it looks weird. It, yeah. It's it's the only one that to me looks weird. Um, but <clears throat> I don't know. I do like that. I, I've we were discussing the greatness of the first fight with the brides, um, where presumably just off camera, he has slaughtered the rest of the village by just yeah. shooting crossbow bolts blindly into crowds. I mean, it's like 
It was like handing that crossbow to a four-year-old. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but but I do. There is a certain campy fun to it for me that I that I do enjoy. Um, I can definitely see where Al is coming from. Uh, particularly rewatching this, I think the what is intended to be the fastest fight of the movie feels really clunky in the finale between him and Dracula. I think it feel it with the exception of just the random shots, all the different dwarves just being on fire yeah. just randomly. Um, it does feel a little clunky at the end there, especially since you're trying to also put in the exposition from Richard Roxburgh and the different scenes and, and the perfectly timed uh, some things are better left forgotten right before he turns yeah. back again. So Thank God that cloud moved just in time. Uh, but, well, yeah. I, you know, going back to the to the first five of the brides. So you know, it's it's an interesting, it's an interesting film. You know, like if you watch this film and you had told me five years later he was going to do GI yeah, Joe, I could have told told you exactly where things are going to go wrong because I think the issue with Stephen Summers and like this is going to sound like really basic but i don't think he knows how to write people like i don't think he knows how to write like characters and like their motivations and like what they would do mm. because so 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 van helsing is sent and he's got he's got two gobs mm. he's got to protect the valerius family mm -hmm. and he's got to kill dracula he's got those two jobs okay so there's a scene where the brides are attacking and one of the brides takes off after Anna, and he shoots, I would say, 250 arrows or crossbow bolts in Anna's direction, okay? And misses, somehow misses Anna and the bride, you know, and just like, and like when Anna steps out at one point from behind, from behind, like, they, they, he doesn't even, to, to his credit, he doesn't try to hide the fact that Van Helsing is, is a crazy person. Because <laughs> Anna steps out from behind this like, from behind this like doorway or whatever, and there's just crossbow bolts everywhere, just like all over the place, and it's like, it. I mean, this this is the most reckless, like, <laughs> bad killer that like we've seen in a movie in a while, because he just he just kind of fails into every success. Yeah, I mean we. Uh, <clears throat> I'll give it to, to Jake real quick because I know like it's a Hugh Jackman role. You love Hugh Jackman. Of course I love Hugh Jackman. Well, talk about the role. I mean, so <laughs> this was the uh, <clears throat> so this was the I mean, one of the big things is that this was the first time that Van Helsing was shown as more of an acting hero as opposed to the more traditional scientist uh, and you know, kind of man of wisdom that he is in different versions of, of the Dracula story. Yeah, he doesn't have any wisdom. He doesn't know anything in this. Like, the only he, person he that knows not. things is Carl. Mm -hmm. um, and he tries to act like, well, I've killed a lot of things. But, like, he doesn't know anything. Like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, carry on. I'm sorry. No, no, you're, you're fine. I, I think a part of that does come from the, the very odd rewrites that they were going to, they were going to explore in a sequel where he is literally the Archangel Gabriel, um, who has lost all of his memories somehow, 
and um, is now an immortal being that is working for the Vatican to hunt down monsters throughout the world. Um, which is very it, it's it's odd. Stop. Okay. Al, do you do you have anything to comment on anything Git just said there? <laughs> um, I mean, I've got a lot, but that is true. Okay. I like to. I like, like, to allow, I like Jake, to allow him to finish his point, but I do have a lot. There's a lot there to unpack. <laughs> because Jake told me all that at one point, and, and I was like, no, not really, right? And I looked it up. That is the treatment for the second movie is we find out Van Helsing is Gabriel. Like, you know. Yeah. Like, not just that's his name. Yeah. Like he's literally the Archangel Gabriel. So, I thought, hold up his... Thank you, guys. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. I need some clarification here, okay? Okay. I thought that was pretty obvious that that's what this film was saying. Oh, oh well, there there you go. Okay. Well, because, I mean, you know, like... Okay. Is that not... Is no, that it, not obvious that that's what his character... His character, I'm, this one, literally says that he remembers fighting in Jerusalem in 70 A.D., <laughs> But 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 also real quick, and I I I I realize this. You were being nice. We need to get back to Jake making his point. <clears throat> but realize what that says about the Archangel Gabriel right there. Oh no! Yeah, no, I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you. We'll get to that. I've got some comparisons that are gonna <laughs> that are going to make things very uncomfortable. But <laughs> but no, I'm with you. <laughs> Anyway, carry on, Jake. No, 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 you're, you're good. Um, Van Helsing's role. Okay. Um, <laughs> sorry, I was trying to get back to it. Um, now, I... Um, there, we're, we're, we are going to talk more about it later with the different spinoffs that they had planned, but obviously when I was 10 years old, I was very intrigued to see where this was going to go. Because when I was 10, I was not picking up on the now um, lack of subtlety that he was actually the Archangel Gabriel. Um, because And so I was intrigued to find out more about his past, more about how did he lose his memories. You know, maybe uh, I know supposedly Richard Roxburgh was going to come back in like a flashback um, focusing on that. Yeah, I would hope so. I would too. <laughs> I need that man to do more things. <laughs> Um, but I was, I obviously, you know, I, I loved it because I was, I was a kid and the only, the only other role that I'd really seen him in at that time was of course Wolverine, you know? So, I mean, he was just a, he was a fighter. That's really all, all that he was for me at the time. Um, watching it now it's kind of interesting because it's almost like there are certain, in certain ways, it's like they were just trying to write Wolverine as a vampire killer. Um, yeah. In, in some ways. That's, uh, that's exactly what they were doing. <laughs> it's, it's almost as if Hugh Jackman was somehow being typecast as like an immortal warrior who lost his memories. Which, which is weird because like after this, he does the prestige, which is a very different role. <laughs> We talk about failing I'm upwards. He goes. I'm sure. Deep. I'm sure Van Helsing was the role that Christopher Nolan saw him in that convinced him to cast him in Prestige. <laughs> Absolutely right. Absolutely. And, and, and he was also like, 
that kid from Newsies. I want to make him the yeah, other yeah. guy in yep in uh, the Prestige. Yep. Yeah, but it is you know you bring up you know a good point. Like we're kind of at the height of you know Hugh Jackman's really cresting up. Or you left out Kate and Leopold, which was a pretty popular I, movie I as well. I haven't seen that yet. But I'm just saying, like, it, I mean, you had you had all these movies. We had those movies where Hugh Jackman was really seen as like this next big thing. Mm. And, you know, looking back at Hugh Jackman's career now, if you were going to do this movie in the way that it probably should have been done, Hugh Jackman's the guy to cast because he's one of those guys that can project a level of intelligence and wisdom while also being, you know, a good looking six foot four Australian dude. Sure. Um, so I, I think Hugh Jackman was the right person to cast, but man, they just don't really give him a whole lot to work with in this movie. Um, and so like, so that, that kind of brings me to my next point. We're going to, we're going to put a pin in Gabriel. We're going to put a pin in Gabriel. <laughs> I, I agree with Jake. I think we talk about that when we talk about the future plans and boy, there were plans, but, uh, we're going to put a pin in that for a second. We'll come back to that. But Al, I, speaking of not giving people a lot to work with. Okay. Um, just from your estimation, I just want you to pick any character you have, any character you want in this movie. Okay, mm-hmm. you can just like grab any of them. All right, and I want you to tell me a character that makes a good decision in this movie. Mm. Yeah, no, that is a good question. Mm. I mean, any of them, like hero, villain. Any of them. Any of them, yeah. Any any of the characters. Any, I mean, just any of the characters. Um, I would say that Carl makes a really good decision in taking advantage of the fact that he isn't a monk yet. He does that a few times throughout the film. Always a good That's decision. Um, okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give you that one. Okay. All right. So you so you got one. Yeah. Okay. All right. You got, got one. one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Is that, is that it? Is that all we got? <laughs> I wasn't sure if this was the thing where we were going to go around the room and share an okay. example. <laughs> Jake, any character. They can't use Carl anymore. Or at least can't that, use Carl. I took him. He's mine. Or, or at least he, that moment. Carl. That okay. moment where he 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 gets with the 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 lady. Okay. Okay, so like that is a good decision. Um, I'm gonna go with. So it has to be a, a decision that has no bad repercussions whatsoever. Just a decision. Just a, a, good, dec- a, a good decision. I'm not giving um, you anything other than just like in that moment. Choice. That wasn't a bad idea. I'm gonna give it to the cardinal. Who brought Van Helsing into the order? <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah. I do. I do have a s- second one. I like to say. Okay, Al, give me a second one. I'm going to go with Igor, who agrees to switch sides from Doctor Frankenstein to Dracula because Dracula is willing to pay him. Because it That's- is insane that Doctor Frankenstein was just keeping like a disabled slave in his service. <laughs> that's fair. Okay, that's fair. Okay, there we go. Okay, so so we found three. Okay. Uh, none of them... You don't have one? I have zero. <laughs> none, of them, none of them done by any of our principal characters. I we are doing all of the legwork here, Josh. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. You know, um, but it is weird how, like, every single character does things that are just incredibly stupid. 
so for example, during the during the bride fight scene, first one, you know, um, Van Helsing is told, uh, or uh, the the brides one of the brides tells says Mariska, go and kill Van Helsing, and she says, love to just like that, <laughs> and uh, so like. So she goes to like attack Van Helsing and the other two brides are like literally just toying with Anna. Now, now here's the thing. They have been told to do one thing and it is to kill Anna. All right. And they've got her dead to rights, And they're just like, you know, like just kind of like having a chit chat with her, you know? And at one point, Carl says Van Helsing, holy water, throws holy water, like <laughs> says it loud. Marichka knocks it out of the air, and then Carl telegraphs, goes, Van Helsing, and looks back, and at the church, there's a, you know, there's a, a little trowel there with holy water in it so that people can bless themselves before they go in the church. And, like, all three characters stare at it. Marishka, who we've already seen, can move extremely quickly, okay? Just, like, just has to stand on this banister turn herself into supermodel Josie Moran because we, cause I mean, she's getting paid to be in this movie. So, you know, might as well have that scene for a second, uh, heal herself and then just stares at Van Helsing while they look at the Holy water telegraphing everything that's going to happen and still somehow dies. And I'm just confused at that point because, you know, like, I mean, just, I'm just, you know, she's, she's faster. She's stronger. You know, and also Carl has given away the entire plan twice. So like, <laughs> so like, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand how she dies there. You know, it, it's you know, it's one of those. I always go back to Red Letter Media where they're always like, "Oh, did you read the script too?" You know, because it's like I guess she had to die because the script made it so. And so then, of course, she dies, and then the two other brides are so sad about this that they leave Anna. Which once again is their one job to do. They leave her before, like just you know, slash her throat or something. I guess, you know, nope, just leave and run off. So I'm just constantly confused by every single character's motivations in this movie, <coughs> which is not a good place to be um, if you're watching a movie. Um, so yeah, um, I do want to talk a little bit about um, the performances in this movie. Think of my star for you. Okay. Richard Roxburgh, go. Yes. Um, <laughs> a true delight, uh, to say the very least. No, he, um, it's, I'm going to be completely honest with you, I have never seen a normal a normal performance from that man, because the two performances I have seen are this and Moulin Rouge, where in both roles, he is either A, supposed to be, for all intents and purposes, just, out there and insane in Moulin Rouge, because everything is, is dialed up to 11. Uh, or in this, where he's like, I'm going to go ahead and dial it up to 11, whether you tell me to or not. Um, there is a moment when Velkin is screaming at him where he just starts doing a waltz. Yeah. Um, and there is no there is no music, there's no inclination that he could be doing this. He just does it to just spin around real quick. While Velkin is screaming while being attached to uh, to this contraption, and it's one of my favorite moments of the movie because it it serves no purpose um, except for that he is just very odd. And every 
every single scene that he is in, he is doing some kind of weird movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, this was the moment I noticed it because not watching this movie with people with other people before or discussing it with other people before, I've always just been like, yeah, that's, that's a normal way to play Dracula. But watching <laughs> it in this, like the moment whenever Marishka dies and he is crying, like he has this like really weird, like stance where like one hand is like pointed down the other one is like up to the heavens like he is like calling her back down and he is screaming her name it's very it's very over the top and i gotta be honest with you i love every damn second of it (laughs) um there is not a single moment in this movie where i did not enjoy ricky roxburgh's performance I know that you all are going to say that he is hamming it up too much. And honestly, I agree, but I think it's because of that that I love it so much. Um Al, um I I I have a diametrically opposed view to that. I'm assuming you do as well. Um, you know, I I, I personally tell me if I'm wrong here. I personally view Richard Roxburgh's performance in this as what happens when you have a director who does not care what their actors do. Uh, that seems to be the case here. Um, am I wrong in assuming that? Um, no, I don't think you're wrong. Um, Maybe it's even worse. Maybe he was giving the direction to actually do all that. I don't, I don't think that's real. I don't, I don't think that's what happened. I think it's, it's one of those things where, and this is one of like, this is where I'm going to um, espouse an opinion that could land me in trouble in other horror discussions. But um, I don't, I'm not sure that with the exception of the Castlevania show, I'm not sure we've had a good, like objectively good t- depiction of dracula since christopher lee okay like i I think i think it's a thing where like because honestly yeah he's really weird in this film i don't think that's the biggest issue in this film by far (laughs) but like he does act very unhinged and if that's the way you want to go with dracula i think that's i think that's fine i think Honestly, if you want to go with a more unhinged version of Dracula, I kind of wish he had gone even harder <laughs> than what he did, to be completely honest with you. But, like, you go back to, like, other films, you have, like, um, and, like, these roles of Dracula with, like, legitimately good actors. Like, um, I'll go back to when Gary Oldman was Dracula. Um, Gary Oldman, of course terrific actor like w- probably one of the best actors alive right now um that's a that's a weird dracula at no point watching that movie did i ever really feel afraid or scared of dracula in any way while watching that and kind of the same thing here you know whereas you take the depictions of the role from like christopher lee and um, the Castlevania series, where it's this depiction of the character where it's very, he's very collected. He's very, 
arrogant and he has reason to be arrogant because he knows how powerful he is. He's very, he's this antagonist who just exudes this almost negative form of charisma. And that goes back to the original Dracula story. Um, just this person who sets you at ease while at the same time unsettling you because just the presence that he has and you don't and he and you don't get that here and i'm not gonna try to like earn this actor at the stake for that depiction because in my opinion you very rarely get that feeling in general from actors who have attempted this role um and so, like, yeah, it's weird, but, like, I'm kind of on the side of just, like, well, you know, if you're going to go with a strange, unhinged version of Dracula, I wish he had gone harder with it. I wish he had leaned even more into it and seen just, like, how much he could have gotten away with. I don't see where you could have made the. I, I don't know where you could have gone more unhinged at, because there's, like, there's a scene where you can tell, like, Stephen Summers is, like, I want to show off my directing cop. So like he does this thing where they walk on the roof and everything, you know, and like he says something to the effect of, you know, I'll, I will get another bride and, you know, and they go, do we mean so little to you? Have you no heart? You know? And like, he goes, of course I have no heart. I have no joy. I have no, you know, just no sorrow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no pain. Nothing. You know, it's like, it is the most out there. Like, like randomized like community college version of Hamlet I've ever seen in a movie that he just throws <laughs> randomly into this into this thing. And it's you know and and I, I've gotta I've gotta imagine that he's kind of doing to your point, he's kind of like, well I'm just gonna play this, you know, completely unhinged, uh completely crazy as much as I can and see see what happens because that's just kind of how he does the whole thing. He's just he's very flamboyant and and maybe that is the right approach. I just feel like it's a weird choice in this movie. Um, but then I think everybody makes weird choices in this movie. <laughs> um, because, like, you know, we, we have my my least favorite char- character in this movie. And the one that, like, I just think is hilarious that they thought they were going to get a spinoff on this thing is, I do not understand what's happening with Frankenstein's monster in this movie. <laughs> I, do not, I do not get the theme i do not get the theme of course is i want to live and i guess there's like this undercurrent of like well he has a soul kind of thing or whatever you know um because you know, he reads the bible you know he quotes psalm 23 and and all this stuff and like but i do not understand the choices that were made with this character because this character the entire time is just loud and, and obnoxious for every scene he's on. Whoa! Exactly. The whole <laughs> time he's doing that. And I don't know, are we supposed to connect? You're the expert of Van Helsing. Are we supposed to connect with this character? Well, of course, Josh. Well, in what way? It is the natural want for anyone to live as they choose. What? <laughs> <laughs> is, is that is that really what it's supposed to be? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, no. Um, 
it, no, in all honesty, it it seems like Steven Summers watched uh, the Robert De Niro, Kenneth Branagh, Frankenstein, and was like, I can do something halfway decent like that, and just fails entirely. I'll, I'm being completely honest with you. I did not like Frankenstein's monster in this either. I mean, I feel, I feel like, because like th- that was so, so at the end of this movie, not to jump ahead, because uh, I do want to talk about our storyline. That's the next thing we're going to talk about, or lack thereof. But, um, Excuse you. yeah, whatever. <laughs> at the end of this movie, like, he he's, he's sailing away. And, you know, the gist of the end of this movie is like, Look for more Frankenstein tells the future, <laughs> and I just I don't know how how would you market that? I, I oh man, I don't know because as we watched the ending, I I literally had the thought as he's like as he's rowing away on his raft, I had the thought of there is zero part of me that wants to see this version of Frankenstein again, <laughs> um, and it's weird because. It's so weird because this happens a couple times in this film where it flirts with an interesting idea and then the execution is horrible. Um, Because I'm kind of... I think there is a place somewhere for a treatment of Frankenstein's monster that is... that becomes very... um, uh, where he becomes very engaged with the idea of like spirituality and religion and what kind of spiritual or soul-based existence he can have um, based on what he is. I think there is room in the creative world for that kind of story. I think the seeds of that aren't too far flung from the original story of Frankenstein. Um, so like, it's not like a horrible idea. There's like something to work with there. Um, but the execution is insane because this this character in this, he is a very good example of, of a flaw in the majority of writing, which is tell, don't show. Because we're repeatedly told like, like no, Frankenstein, he's not evil. He's he's good. He's the embodiment of good. He's even a, a greater good than than humans themselves. And like very rarely do we see him do anything particularly good. He just kind of exists. He just kind of like is neutral and he wants to exist in that way. Which that isn't bad, but throughout it it feels like we're supposed to believe like, oh no, this Frankenstein's like a hero. He's like He's a he's a paragon of like ethics and morality, and like you don't really see any real examples of that other than like eventually he helps to fight against um, Dracula, but that happens way late in the film, and and then like that's that's kind of all we get, and then you're just kind of like yep there you go this this idea has been has been made flesh, here it is. You're just kind of like, well, like, that's, I'm unconvinced. I'm unconvinced that this is really (laughs) the kind of character story that we've experienced. Yeah, well, the movie doesn't do him any favors because here's a sequence of events that happens with with him, okay? They find him in in, like, an abandoned well or something like that. Anna, at one point, he 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 gets put to sleep with with a blow dart, which is hilarious to me. 
uh, that nine foot Frankenstein's monster is going down to a blow dart, but whatever. He yeah. gets put to sleep, no. and then it goes to shoot him in the head. Okay, sure. Several times. <laughs> oh yeah. For oh, for yeah. for no reason, like just just it it apropoted nothing. Okay. Sure. All right. Which is weird anyway, because it makes Anna like a hypocrite, because her entire thing is, I don't want to kill Velkin. Of course, then in the very same scene, she also fires four bullets at Velkin. Oh. So I don't know what's happening there. Oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll, we'll get to that. But like, so, so, Van, so Van Helsing saves him. So then they have this weird, like, this idea where they're going to go to Rome for whatever reason. So they're going to, they're going to travel you know, the 2,000 miles it takes to get to Rome or whatever, uh, going over the Carpathian Mountains, which is just hilarious. I mean, that's just so much fun in this. Like, you know, like, yeah, we're going to, I don't care what horses you got. You're not dragging a, a coach over the Carpathian Mountains, but whatever. So they, they're going to go do that. They have this big scene, you know, this big action scene and everything. And like, at one point, Frankenstein's monster saves Van Helsing, Okay. And, you know, it's like this kind of moment of like, you know, you know, like, okay, you know, like they're, they're going to be, you know, they're going to be okay, you know, and everything. And so like, then the very next, but like Anna gets taken. And so the very next scene you see is uh, Alira shows up and is like, we're going to do this trade, you know, and like Van Helsing is like, well, if we do the trade, we'll do it in, uh, in a place where there's people, <laughs> whatever, you know, and like. And then they find out Van Helsing is bit. And for no reason, in, in my opinion, unless he's just upset and is stupid, I don't know. But for no reason, in my opinion, Frankenstein, when he finds out that Van Helsing's been bit by the werewolf, he turns into just a jerk and is like, and is like well, now you understand what it's like to be hunted the same way you were hunted. And it's like, it, 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 like it, I was waiting for Van Helsing to be like, dude, you don't know me. You don't know what I do. Like, I mean, are we to believe they had this conversation? On the way back, where he's like, "Yeah, I've killed like five thousand monsters and stuff like that," you know, and like it was just a big deal. Like, there's a scene missing there, you know, and it makes it makes Frankenstein look ridiculous because all of a sudden he's like the guy that saved him, or like you know, is like you know, like is is you know, it seems to be trying to help him, you know, and everything, and he's just like, "Well, now I, I hope," and then he's like, "I hope people will hunt you with the same." Was it the same? Uh, now you will become that which you have hunted so passionately. Yeah, yeah. May, may people hunt you as passionately as you have, or whatever. You know, it's like, it's like, gee, he's just a jerk for no reason, okay? You know, I don't know. He's weirdly written, and I don't understand. I, I, I actually really wish that we had gotten the movie based around him, because I want to know, like, what they thought they could, like, bring in to this character and make a movie around him. I, I want to know what that was going to look like. I, I would love to know that. I am, I'm very curious. Um, yeah. So yeah. Um, uh, Transylvania to Vatican city will take 20 hours by car, by the way. Okay. Which I'm assuming. So a lot longer, a lot longer via horse. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Now, so now, just, I do just want to point out a couple things. One is a this opportunity. Two is just kind of something that's um, just kind of infuriating when you rewatch this. But um, the first one is, and I do want to point out, since you guys have commented on their plan to take the monster back to the Vatican, like through land, in that 
they had an opportunity here to do the Dracula thing where they were just like, well, it doesn't take, it doesn't make any sense to go by land. Let's take the monster back to the Vatican by sea. Cause that's the way that Van Helsing showed up. So they had a chance to do like a well-known Dracula thing and like do like the voyage of the Demeter that way and have Dracula show up on the ship and, and cause chaos there. And would have been a very cool scene but um as i'm convinced every time i watch this film um the director does not actually care about dracula <laughs> um so they missed that opportunity and second we find out not half an hour after the scene where uh, van helsing agrees to do the trade that frankenstein's monster knows that dracula has a cure to lycanthropy uh-huh. Uh, we don't ever learn like how he knows that right. exactly has one. but it's kind of implied that he already knew that like i don't think dracula like took him on a tour of his castle and just like this is <laughs> this is the convoluted jail cell where i keep my cure for lycanthropy uh, so so we're left to like infer that he already knew that so why wouldn't he bring that up when van helsing is first just like well i'm gonna Kill you with these darts that somehow work on your on your body that's completely fueled by bioelectricity, um, and and at no point was Frankenstein just like, well, wait, uh, you know, Dracula has a cure. We could offer to do the trade at his castle and then do shenanigans there. No, he's just like, oh, well, I hope you do turn into a werewolf. Like, there's no for a character whose whole thing is he wants to live and experience life. He has no sense of self-preservation in that scene whatsoever. (laughs) None whatsoever. None. And like, it's, it's even worse. So like, here's like, I I said that to Jake, you know, when he was like, cause you know, he's been lower down that block of ice and he's like, grab the cure and run. And it's like, where where did this come from? (laughs) The last time we talked, you hated me. Like, I don't know. Yeah. But then, so, like, I even said to Dick, I was like, well, I guess, you know, like, Dracula told him, but I don't know why. But really, Al, you can skip all of that, because if you remember in that scene, they have Igor right there, okay? So, like, Igor, who's definitely all about self-preservation in this, just, like, they punk Igor once, he's like, hold on, don't kill me, there's a cure. Like, that, to me, makes way more sense than whatever they did with Frankenstein here. Like, there's literally no, it's like a, it's... It's not even like poorly written. It's confusingly written, you know, in the in a sense that like I can't figure out the motivation behind it at all. So, and and that and that that brings it back to the to to our to our real point here, like you know where because I, I want to talk about when when I was watching this movie, the main thing that stood out to me is like I don't understand how the sequence of events are happening in the sequence that they are happening in. That is my main issue with this movie is that there is no logical progression to this story with the characters or in the storyline whatsoever. And so like, let's, let's talk about the story here for a bit. Okay. So first things first, I don't want to compare it to a better movie, but I do think like when you're setting an a, when you're, when you are doing an opening scene or an opening for a movie, it has to be something that makes that 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 makes brings into question what the rest of the movie is going to be about. So the two best opening scenes, in my opinion, of all time, are Lion King and 
Dark Knight. With both of those opening scenes, with Lion King with the great Circle of Life song and Dark Knight with the robbery, both of those opening scenes, you're like, I wonder what's going to happen next. What, where's where's this going? Oh, my gosh. They guess they're <laughs> worshiping a little baby cub. And they're, oh, well, Joker's, like, really weird. You know, like, where's this going? Okay. The opening scene in this is there's a there's an albino man in a top hat, and he is leading a group of people to go and kill Frankenstein or Frankenstein's monster. And Dracula randomly shows up. And before you can even catch your breath, okay, before you can even, <laughs> before you can even like, like get comfortable with what this movie might be, Dracula has killed Frankenstein. He has grabbed Igor. He, the Frankenstein monster is running off with Frankenstein's body. The brides show up with Dracula and, and Frankenstein supposedly dies in this, um, in this windmill. Okay. And we have no concept of what any of those characters were attempting to accomplish in that scene. Not with the possible exception of Frankenstein. Okay. So like, there's nothing set up there except we've introduced these characters that, that we, that, but they, we didn't get a, we didn't get a motivation. We didn't get anything with them. Then our next scene is Van Helsing versus Hyde. Which is literally just there so that we can go Van Helsing, you know, is is a bad dude. But once again, we get nothing on motivation. We get nothing on character. We, we we're not even we're not even examining Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, which is one of the more interesting concepts, you know, in horror literature. Mm. So like we are literally thirty minutes in this movie before we know what is happening at all, and it's and then at that point is when they're like, hey. There's uh there's these people we're going to Romania now so you know you're gonna go into Romania and uh, you're gonna fight Dracula and you gotta save these two kids uh, because uh, they've they've said that they're gonna keep their souls out of heaven uh, or their father great 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 grandfather so they're keep their souls out of heaven and if they don't kill Dracula so you gotta go kill Dracula so they can go to heaven okay that's that that is that is our storyline okay. And then the very next thing we see, as Jake points out, is what? Velkin is doing what? Velkin is being bait for some reason. Right. So, like, Velkin, who is, like, one of two, two people, people <laughs> two people left, who... In the world. In the world here, who can save his entire family line, who are presumably just chilling out in purgatory, <coughs> waiting, for some, waiting for somebody so they can get the big call up above. And like he's he's out there making himself bait. That that all happens. Everything I've told you happens in the first forty minutes of this movie. And sooner than that, I think. Really, you think? I think. So like so so there there's no there's there's nothing for us to grab onto with any of these characters, uh, except for the fact that like except for Stephen Summers like I've got an Ace in the Hole. We're gonna make Kate Beckinsale turn around real slow. <laughs> And then everybody's like, okay, you know, that's going to work. And that brings me to my second point. I want to, I want to approach this with you, with both of you. Okay. Would this have been a better movie without Van Helsing? Because the most interesting, because, because Van Helsing, all of his stuff, all of his interesting stuff is stuff that is not happening in this movie. Right. Because it's interesting back. We don't know. He has no backstory. The stuff we're going to learn about him is that he's Gabriel, but that happens in another movie, presumably, you know? 
So, like, the interesting characters are the Valerius's, right? Sure. So, like, I mean, is is this is this movie better without Van Helsing? Jake, you go first. Well, my initial response is obviously not, um, because Van Helsing as a character is perfect. Um, no, I, 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 de- I definitely see where you're coming from. Um, <clears throat> Particularly, like you said, with the with the motivations and everything, and especially because everything about his everything about his character arc would supposedly come become stronger in another film. Right. So, really, this is an introduction. In all honesty, the way it could have been framed, like you said, even if you even let's say you want to do Van Helsing, let's say you want Van Helsing to be the like the main spinoff here. Either A, you do an entirely different story, or B, you focus on the Valeriuses as your kind of primary characters, then Van Helsing shows up kind of the same way he shows up for the Harkers in the original Dracula story. Um, Because the entire framing device works a lot better if instead you're following Anna as her brother comes up with this dumbass plan to be bait for a werewolf. Um for the first 20 minutes. And then after that, when you think that everything has gone all wrong, Van Helsing shows up and is like, I'm here to help you. That would make way more sense from a storyline perspective. So you are correct in that. So maybe I, I, I like Van Helsing. I want him to stay. Okay. Al, <laughs> Al, 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 what about you? What do you think? Am, am I just crazy? Um, no, I don't think you're crazy. I think that they were just wanting to make a different movie than what you're describing. I think that's all. I think that's what it boils down to. Um, I've already said, like, I don't think that um, Summers Summers does not strike me as somebody who made Van Helsing because he uh, because he loved Dracula. It doesn't, he doesn't strike me. This film does not strike me as evidence of him just like being fascinated by the lore and the history of these characters. So I think he was um, just kind of like, hey, you know, I'm on a hot streak with like all the monster stuff. Uh, They want to do a Dracula type thing. Um, Everybody loves action heroes. Hugh Jackman is hot right now. So let's do an action hero thing. Have Hugh Jackman in there. Heck and Seal is hot. Let's get her in there. Um, she <laughs> She's killed vampires before, so let's get her in there. And it was just, I really think it was just a matter of just of just like, you know, they weren't trying to tell a Dracula story. Um, the thing that Jacob has described, which I do agree, would probably be a better film with uh, Van Helsing showing up at the end, kind of fulfilling his role in the classic uh, Dracula story. Um, I don't think that was even on his radar. I'm not sure at the time that Summers even knew that that's how the Dracula story goes. I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't, because that's just not what he was trying to do. He was just trying to do an action film that was about Dracula and also about Van Helsing. So, like, so like, yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you. I think that had a lot of potential to be a superior film, but there was no chance we were going to at that because that's just not what they were heading out to make i just feel like a very basic idea and it's coming from someone who's obviously who's never created anything you know and you know and and i, and I realize you know like I, I 
uh, th- this stuff is hard to pull off. I'm not I'm not trying to to make light of that. But I think a very basic concept and stuff that I've liked is that you follow the character that has the motivation. And Van Helsing has no motivation in this movie except the Catholic Church has sent me here. And you can have a story like that. But you know what's interesting? I'm just sitting here thinking, like, the better version of this story is Mad Max Fury Road. Like, that's the better version of the story. Mm. We're like, we're like, you take Van Helsing and you make him, like, he's there, but he's definitely not driving. He's not driving the what's happening, you know? Mm. And, like, in this, like, what's interesting is, like, they want him to drive what's happening, but then they also make him bad at everything. Like, he can't shoot. You know, he falls off the, like, he, I, like, he, he jumps, he, he gets, he gets carried away during the, during the, the chase scene, he gets carried away by one vampire, jumps on the horses, and then gets hit by another vampire immediately. You know, like, he's, he's like, he's, he's not, he's not good at the things that he's supposed to be good at. Um, you come away thinking at, by the end of the movie, Hyde must have just really sucked at everything for him to go down to this guy. Because, like, he's just, he's not capable so like it's it's a weird it's a weird strange movie. I, once again, I don't know what the what what we're supposed to follow in this movie. Um, he's got a great look. Though. He does have a great look. I, <laughs> listen, he's got a great look. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. I, the one thing that I will I will say, um, you know that that I will say about this movie is costuming from from top to bottom is fantastic oh, in yeah. this movie. Yeah. Uh, you know Van Helsing like. You know, it's kind of it's kind of silly, I guess, now in twenty twenty three. Or, but like, it's it's not. I mean, it's you know, the hat makes sense. You know, like the 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 different like you know uh, overcoat he's got and everything. Like he looks like a guy that would be doing what he's supposed to be doing. Mm. Um, you know, it's not very hard to dress Kate Beckinsale, so I won't talk about that. But like uh, Richard Roxburgh and all of his stuff looks really interesting. I thought the brides look great. You know, I mean. Uh, <laughs> I don't even. I mean, I'll, I'll ask you. Do you think Frankenstein looks good in this, or do you think he's just ridiculous? Um, I think it looks fine. Yeah, yeah I kind of like the look. Yeah, like like they, they do a really cool thing where like if you know they and they kept up through most of the movie because uh, they kept looking for it. Where like when he steps down, like Van Helsing says he's got the gimp in his left leg. When he steps out of the left leg, like steam shoots out every time. It's like it's really. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's some smart stuff there. You know, it's just the storyline is just. Weird. I don't know. I, I, I'll give I'll give each of y'all a thought on the storyline, then then we'll move on to kind of some final thoughts here. Uh, Jake, thoughts on the storyline? Um, like I said, I th- I think I think you kind of hit the nail on the head, especially when we're talking about you know the the more inter- the most interesting stories, the ones that we love is when you have a you follow the main character who moves the plot. You follow that character more so. Um, and like you said, I mean, Van Helsing really does. He does not have the motivation, um, which is why it would work better if he was more of a side character. You would probably have to rename the movie, but, but then again, maybe you don't, because like you said, Fury Road doesn't rename the movie. No. <laughs> um, but, um, <clears throat> I don't know. I, Like I said, obviously, I, I understand it's not as good as a lot of other movies and a lot of other ways they do the different Dracula narratives, the different the, the Van Helsing narrative in general. 
but I do, I do obviously enjoy it just because it's just something I just, I've just, I've always liked it. It's just very, it is rather simple. Um, you know, evil vampire, kill evil vampire, see what else happens. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I like it, but you know, all thoughts on the story. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, I think the story is this central story again isn't I don't think what's wrong with the movie um I think it's fine I think it's um a different take than what we had seen in the past as far as like why Dracula does what he does um he's got a brood of kids he's trying to hatch and fuel and unleash upon the world um I think that's cool um in other iterations of Dracula he's just kind of like a uh, he's just kind of like an old crazy dude who's just like enjoys like um, uh, rising folks, and I think that that's fine. Um, no, like I think overall the story itself, the central parts of the story, I think are fine. Um, it's just the things that happen within it, and the things that happen within it are just very frustrating to watch. Um, one of the big things. The two big things for me that happened in this film that really made me want to stop watching it, and I would have if I hadn't been so devoted to doing the show with you guys. Um, the first one is the Romani's plan to kill the werewolf. Um, I don't know what is what is even happening in that scene. Like they, <laughs> he's he he's bait, and you guys have already harped on the fact, the fact that one of the two characters who need to survive is being used as bait. So just gloss over that point. He gets up to the top of the pole, and he rides up on the rope, and the rope stops, and he acts very surprised. But when the camera shows what's going on with the rope, there's there's nowhere else for that rope to go. Yeah, it's <laughs> the gear has hit the gear. I they had to have seen that that was going to happen, and yet he's 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 absolutely befuddled by the fact that the rope won't take him anywhere. He tells someone to pull him up higher, and the guy's just like it's stuck. And I'm just like, yeah, that's the end of the rope. <laughs> what did you expect? <laughs> and then and then they start to shoot at the werewolf again, while the one guy they're supposed to protect is up there still, and and they're shooting at the werewolf. And Anna is just like, oh, use his gun. It has silver bullets. And I'm just like, why did only one person bring a gun with silver bullets yeah. when you were going to go kill a werewolf? What is going on? <laughs> and so that fails. He gets bit. And that leads directly into the other thing that was really frustrating to me is that Van Helsing chases her brother out of the castle. It tries to kill him. She stops him and is just like, oh, you knew he was my brother and you still try to kill him? And Van Helsing is just like, it's what I do, man. Um, and then we get to the part where they first find Frankenstein and Anna is about to just just cap him in the head, which, by the way, would have solved everyone's problems. Uh, but <laughs> it's uh, but. <laughs> just want to say, would have solved the central problem of the movie. Um, but she goes to cap him. Van Helsing is just like, wait, stop! 
I can't allow you to kill him because I can tell that he's good. I don't sense any evil in him. And I was just like, okay, well, Van, did you sense something in her brother that you hadn't shared with anybody else? Like, <laughs> like, it's just really, it's really confusing that he was just like, no, I can't allow you to kill this creature because I can tell that he is good. It was just like, okay, well, homie came back to the castle to try to warn his sister. And that isn't enough information to tell you that he still, you still tried to kill him. Yeah. You might have the argument that like, well, he was determined to fully transform, but it's just like, well, obviously he hasn't yet. Like that's, totally skipping the fact that as i as i told y'all when i was watching the movie there is a full moon that happens in romania every two nights but (laughs) like just these things where it's just like where everything just feels so inconsistent you're just like hey you have this family um basically like an analog for like the elmonts in castlevania you have this family that for generations has been tracking down dracula has like had attempts on his life has killed all of these monsters and then they have this half-baked plan relying on the one guy who's being used as bait to have the one gun that actually has the bullets to kill the thing they're trying to kill. (laughs) And then you have Van Helsing for the first time show any kind of conviction in, in the movie whatsoever. And it completely contradicts something that he just did. So it's just kind of like, you know, the story as far as, you know, it's a struggle between Van Helsing and Dracula, like, sure, that's fine, that's whatever. But everything that happens in between, the journey from point A to point B, is just infuriating. Yeah, I I agree with everything there. And, like, the, you, you kind of... <laughs> my least favorite interaction in the entire movie, you know, is, is Van Helsing telling, uh, telling Anna... Well, he's going to kill a bunch of people. And then Anna looks at him and says, do you not have any forgiveness in your heart? And, like, my response to that would have been, that has nothing to do. My (laughs) forgiveness in my heart has zero to do with what he's going to do. Like, sure, I'll forgive him for killing people, but I don't know if the families will, you know? Like, that was such a (laughs) weird, like, thing. And then, like I said later on, you know, to your point, like, then Anna's like, well, I'm going to kill this guy, you know, and it's, you know, and then the other issue I have with that, Al, is his exact, his exact point is, <clears throat> he might have been marked by evil, but he's not evil himself, which is exactly what happens to a werewolf. So, like, <laughs> I mean, the exact definition, the exact definition of what happens to a werewolf. So yeah, you're right. It's a completely inconsistent character. It's it's very it's very difficult uh, to really say uh, much good about how that character's written and the movies about him. So it does kind of suffer. Um, I want to talk about a couple things I liked. Well, hopefully you guys have some things you liked. We talked about um, some of the uh, the costuming. I really liked. <laughs> There's two performances in this movie I like. One is Kate Beckinsale's performance, who I, I've already said I think should have been should have been the star of the movie. Um, I think she's once again. I think she's the one that has the uh, has the motivation. Um, and at this point, like she's coming off of Underworld, she's really good in these roles, and uh, she's she's also got to kind of be typecast for a bit. 
in these roles. Um, but I think she's really good, very believable in her in her role. Um, and you know, I mean, I don't, I don't have. I mean, she. Most people end up watching this movie and end up really liking her character. So like, that's not. Uh, that's not a surprise. I'm assuming all three of us will probably say that. The one, though, that sex sticks out to me is Elena Anaya, who plays Alira, who is objectively hilarious and fun in this movie. Just from, I if if, this, if she had been the main antagonist, this movie might have been better because she just shows up and then, like, it's, it's kind of like how, sir, I, I, this must be what people talk about when they talk about Palpatine in episode three. Because it's just like she shows up and like doesn't really have a plan for anything. She just kind of shows like, oh, Anna, I, I, I'm going to drink your blood. Let's talk about it for, for 20, 30 seconds, you know. <laughs> and like, it's just hilarious every single time. And also, she nails something that's extreme that the other two brides do not pull off. Um, and that is the creepy smile th- that you don't know why it's creepy. And, like, that is necessary for that role. And she's the only one that pulls it off. Um, so I really liked her in this. Um, and, like, I, clearly I, she was the, she's the main bride. She's the one that lives throughout the whole thing. She's the one that has the most, uh, most uh, screen time. Um, so, yeah, th- those were the two performances I really liked. Um, Al, any performances you liked in this movie? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't hate a lot of the performances that happened. Um, um, I really enjoy um, Carl, of course. I can't hate on on Aramir. I'm not. I'm not sure his character really made sense to be where he was the entire movie. Yeah. But um, he did. Or the film, uh, for all the attempts at comedy, the film did, which was like a lot. And like a lot of them did not really land. Um, his character was the one that consistently got um, the most laughs out of me. So um, I really enjoyed him. Um, and then you know what? I think he, he, Kevin J. O'Connor as Igor. I th- I thought he did a fine job as Igor. Like he did. He was everything you want from that character. Like he was just like he knew what he was about. He was very like forward with like why he did what he did. Uh, I thought he was fine. I mean, like there's a lot of these characters who like are who are good actors and they did great with what they had. It's just a matter of you know what they had was not very good. So it's kind of hard to sing too high praises about it. See, I'm gonna. I'm going to. I'm going to say something. Jake's going to throw something at me. We're in the mm. same room together, mm. and I'm going to say it. And he can afford, you know, if he's listening, it shouldn't bother him too much because he's one of the most famous people in Hollywood. But I think Hugh Jackman's really bad in this movie. Like I think he's objectively bad, and I don't know if it's like if it's his if it's his choices. Or, like, he doesn't know what to do with this really non-character. But it's, like, it's a really bad version of what Henry Cavill's doing in The Witcher. Is what it is. Because it's a very humorless, you know, passionless kind of role. And, you know, the difference, like, with Cavill is, you know, he's he's able to let those moments of passion out 
you know, and he's he's better at dry humor. And like, I don't even know if Jackman really gets a chance at dry humor. Uh, the probably the only time is like, you know, well, what's what's the last thing you remember? I remember being at Masada, so we three D, you know, you know uh, that was that was four years ago, and you asked, you know, or what? Like that was that's the closest you get to like any type of levity with the character. Um, and I don't know if I don't know if Jackman's really capable of that. I don't know if anyone's capable of that character, but I don't know if Jack Jackman is. So I, I will let Jake have the final stand here to kind of kind of rebut what i said um because i know this is one of his five favorite characters of all time so it's <laughs> true um i will definitely rebut that he is very good at dry humor um like whenever carl is like is this what it's usually like and he just goes more or less and then whenever what in the world like are you serious is that you're that, is that, that a ju- i think that's just an honest answer to carl's question yeah that's not a joke, is it? Well, it made me chuckle. Okay. <laughs> so, I, 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 I want to start off by saying I do love Hugh Jackman as an actor. I think Hugh Jackman's fantastic. I think Hugh Jackman's one of the best actors in the world. I just, um, I just think this is a. He's bad in this role. He's he, no, he's not good in this. And I think, I think it might be because I think you kind of hit the nail on the head earlier, especially watching any other movie directed by him i don't think i don't i do not think steven i would not describe steven summers as a direct as an actor's director um but like what real quick what's interesting you know and i and because i I do want to do this movie eventually i've already talked out about brendan frazier is like incredible is 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 the embodiment of a 1940s uh action hero I realize that didn't take place in 1940. I'm just saying, like, he's, he's the embodiment of a 1940s action hero in that movie. It's 1920s? I don't know what it is. I'm just either, saying. Either like, way, yeah. I, yeah. I, 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 didn't, was, I didn't want you to jake on me. No, 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 no. Okay. I was not. I, I would. Uh, don't make me a verb. <laughs> but, 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 like, he, he's the embodiment of, you know, like, and, like, he has, he quips, he's funny, he throws the carrot at the guy, you know, <laughs> like, he's just like, you know, he's just really. Kevin J. O'Connor. Yeah. Oh, that is Kevin J. O'Connor. Right, yeah. yeah. He's never Stephen Summers movie. Is he really? What's he in? Yeah, yeah. Dr. Mindbender. Is he? Wait, what? In the Cobra Commander flashback. I was waiting for this moment. I'm glad it's on I'm glad it's on recording. He's where is that at? When Joseph Gordon Levitt, who is not yet Cobra Commander, spoiler right. alert, yeah. uh, runs into the bunker. There's a creepy guy just doing things on a computer, and he's like, we'll be safe in here. And that's Kevin J. O'Connor as Dr. Mindbender. Gosh, go back. We have to watch this movie again. Yep. All right, but yeah. I've got it on DVD. <laughs> that's our next random flashback. Sure it is. Let's do it. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah. But, but yeah, because I, 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 you know, so he knows how to do Brendan Fraser. I mean, like, you know, it was like. I, okay, being completely 100% honest with you. I love Brendan Fraser as an actor. I love Hugh Jackman as an actor. I could 100% see Brendan Fraser being better at just being like, I don't know, man, just kind of do your own thing. And then he's just like, you know what? I've watched enough older movies. I got this. Hugh Jackman, I could see 100% being like, so what is my motivation? What am I doing here? And he's just like, I don't don't know, man, do your own thing. And he's like, I have nothing to go off of. But – I, I think I think Brendan Fraser as an actor is better at the. It's not. I, I don't want to say. I don't want to say improv aspect. I don't know I'm, if I buy that because like I'm just. I'm just saying. Yeah, we're we're getting a little off track, but I don't know if I buy that. I mean like, that that is what that is what I think because okay, 
Think of every other performance that Hugh Jackman yeah, I has. Think, I, I think of X-Men 1. How do, how do I know it's you? You're a dick. Okay. You know, like, I mean, that's, that is objectively funny. That's so funny. That made our mother like Wolverine. It's true. Yes. So, like, so it, it, it's it's an objectively funny moment. Like, he has the ability to pull off that kind of humor. Okay. You know? I Maybe just not when he's a gothic witch hunter looking dude. Once again, I think it's Stephen Summers. Yeah, maybe. I don't, I don't want to... I know that, of course, you know, X-Men 1 and 2 and Days of Future Past didn't have a director. Uh, they just all got to they just all got to the the film set and just kind of ran with it. Yeah. Um, but uh, I just think that Hugh Jackman had better direction on those films. Because, you know, okay, what are his other performances? Christopher Nolan and The Prestige. Christopher Nolan, like, say what you will about him as a director when it comes to characterizations – which I know that's a whole other podcast, but he is a good actor's director. Yeah. Um, uh, Pr- Prisoners is, no- is another one that that works really well like that. Um, pretty much every other time that Hugh Jackman has been really good in a movie, it is in a performance where it's either A, a stage play-esque kind of thing, so this great showman or lame or lame is. Or B, it is within a director that is known for working with actors really, really well. Steven Somers, I don't think necessarily works really well with him. I'm, I'm just, for me, I'm just saying that, you know, I, I didn't watch this movie in probably like 10, 15 years. I know it's like something you watch, you know, pretty frequently. <laughs> but like, um, if you if you set somebody down, fancy this movie, and you're like, well, you know, it starts Hugh Jackman. And then you put this in. I think they're going to be disappointed because it's like a very like. That's fair. It's kind of a very somber, like weird Hugh Jackman performance. Muted performance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, all right. I want to talk about one more thing. Can I talk about one more thing I like? Since we were talking about things we liked. Oh, yeah. Go for it. Um, I love the little spinning blade hand things. Um, yeah, you talk about those a lot. Yeah, it's just it's just they're so cool. <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, they're, they're just so cool. Yeah. Also, they were one of the coolest melee weapons in any video game ever. There we and, go. Uh, yeah, yeah. All it's right. To rich, rich man's blades of Sparta. Right. Spinning yeah, kind of <laughs> blade thingies. You know, <laughs> he he does have some pretty cool uh, some pretty cool weapons. Uh, like we've already talked about the machine gun crossbow. crossbow. Uh, has that weird shotgun thing he uses to kill five of the babies of the literally 4,000 that are heading towards the village, but he kills five of them. Uh, what is that exactly? Just like a... It's a weird, like, sawed-off 12-gauge. I okay. think that's what they're kind of going for. Yeah. But also, would that have been around in 1882? You know, sure. Which yeah. I know, like, yeah. you know, we're... Yeah, actually, yeah 18, is, that, is it 1882? Is that what it is? That's when, that's when the movie takes place. Okay, us. well then, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it would have been around. Okay. Yeah. 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 Think about Dead Redemption, dude. Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, uh... I am concerned that um, in the fight where the brides first show up in the village, um... Uh, Van Helsing, who is supposed to be very well-versed uh, in weapons of all kind, um, is just utterly perplexed when his yeah. crossbow runs out of ammo. <laughs> to the point that he frantically yells to Carl, Carl, it's not working. <laughs> After looking into the barrel and seeing it not have any bolts in it anymore. Um, so, so real quick, Al, fun. Al you're, you're right, that's perplexing. But I think it's perplexing in a way... 
that's even worse. Because I think what he's saying is, Carl, I'm shooting them, and it's not killing them. And then Carl has to say to Van Helsing, <laughs> shoot them in the heart. That's a good point. So I actually think it's actually, uh, you're, you're right, only you're more right than you think you are. <laughs> so like you know because I, I could because like i don't think he's perplexed about it being out of bolts i think he's perplexed like i don't know why these ancient beings uh, are not getting killed because i'm shooting them in the foot you know um you know or like in the hip you know um i think that's i think i think that's what it is and that carl has to go have you tried shooting them in the heart you know yeah so just just gonna just bring that up. Um, to be fair, he hadn't. He had not. That is fair. That is fair. You know, um, I I want to talk about one scene that might be one of the most and, and and involving a character that might be one of the most perplexing characters in the history of cinema, and that is the man that Jake informs me is named Top Hat. Ah, yes. Oh, yeah. And his entire role in this movie, there isn't a thing he does that makes sense. He is, he, the only thing he might do is make sense. He's, he's the head, he's the head of the mob. Then there's like, we learn he's kind of an undertaker. And so like, at one point, like when Van Helsing kills the, the, one of the brides, um, he goes, you know, he's like, they used to just, or, you know, vampires kill one or two people a month. Now they'll be looking for revenge. And then he smiles real creepy. And it's like, <laughs> what is this character? And then like, there's a point where Van Helsing goes out to chase the werewolf. He turns his Van Helsing turns his back on top hat, who is like, you know, cause kind of having a kind of having this conversation with him. Top Hat goes to hit him with the shovel for no reason that we know of, okay? We have nothing like, there's at no point, like, are we told that, like, he's in league with Dracula or that, like, he doesn't like Van Helsing or that Van Helsing, you know, like, you know, like, hit on his girlfriend or, like, we have we have nothing for no reason, okay? And he hits, a, or he tries to hit him, Van Helsing grabs it, grabs the, grabs the shovel and then he says, I'm sorry, it's just my nature. And then the werewolf comes and hits him into a grave. And that's the last we see of him. I, I have, there are few characters I've ever more perplexed by, gentlemen. <laughs> like, like would, would you, would you, can you, Jake, you're the expert. What does Top Hat bring to this movie? Um, even as the expert, and I think even when I was 10 years old, I was like, why do you try to hit him with the shovel? Yeah. Like, it's it's such a weird scene. And I get that you wanted to do, I guess, the, like, dark humor thing of the shovel falls into the ground and then the hat falls right on top of it or whatever, which is, it's, it's, it's weird. It is a weird moment. But you don't need to have him try to hit him with no, the shovel. No, you don't. By that point, we all want that character dead to begin with. Yeah. Okay, so, Megasil says nothing about it. Yeah. She walks up on him after the werewolf has killed him and is like, yeah, no, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Says absolutely nothing about it. I, I can only think that somewhere in the in the, in the the annals of horror of them, he's hanging out with the guy 
from Amityville Horror who shows up and scratching and, the door. Is, and is scratching, pawing yeah, at the door. At the door, yeah. You know, because those two characters are just completely, you know, just uh, uh, completely. Welcome to the neighborhood. Yeah, welcome to the neighborhood. They just like <laughs> takes the drinks and those. I, I, yeah. So like, I just, I'm just hoping that like somewhere he's that guy's just walking up to people. And just like taking a six pack and turning them upside down, and this guy's trying to hit random people with a shovel. Like somewhere, I hope that they're happy doing those two things, you know, because they're the two most perplexing <laughs> characters I've seen in cinema in a long time, and they both have happened during horror. Was fest. was there one in behind the mask that would work along well? Not with really. No? I mean, not really. Yeah. You know, I'm hoping there's there's going to be like five in Puppet Master. Uh, oh, I just gave that away. Uh, Darn. Bad. Sorry. Uh, but like, spo- spoiler, everybody. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Uh, okay, Al. Last thoughts on Van Helsing. Oh boy, last thoughts. Um, I really love the Dracula story. I really loved t- different approaches to the Dracula story. I think some cool stories have come out of that. And honestly, I like vampires. I like vampires. I like vampire hunters. I like all that stuff. Um. I will probably never watch this again. If that tells you anything about Van Helsing. <laughs> but um, yeah, j- j- just as a reminder, I have a couple things I want to bring up when we finish up with uh, this question with you all. But that is where I'm at with Van Helsing right now. Okay, sure. Uh, Jake, last thoughts. Um, I will. I will almost always love and watch this movie if nothing else does a guilty pleasure yeah I just, I just will um because it was such a like i remember just being so excited for this movie i remember i remember i remember really wanting the toys because yeah. it was a toy line i remember uh beating the game which was they said it was like a dmc clone i don't know if it really would class oh it was that. a dmc clone okay all right it's, i love the fact that like the show was dmc clone and, like most of it was like top down do you remember that yeah yeah like you remember that like there was a one it was one of the brides or it might have been igor i don't know but you had to cross the bridge yeah is that yeah, igor yeah, that's igor okay yeah, that's, a, that's and a like one. it's one just, of the igor fights it's, ne- it's next to impossible yeah like it's just like it's just a you have to keys to yeah. win it yeah yeah and you don't get to play as the werewolf at the end. You you have to take him on as Van Helsing um, against Dracula, which is also difficult. But anyways, uh, no, like I just I love the concept of this. I love I love the concept of the action hero vampire hunter. Um, could it have been done better? One hundred percent, it could have been done better. But it's something that will always be in my heart. Um, would you like me to talk about? where the future of the franchise was going to go now, or is there another part after this? Go for it. Okay. So supposedly what was going to happen after, after this movie, there was a Frankenstein spinoff for some reason. Um, but Van Helsing, I can't remember if they had a standalone Van Helsing and then this was going to happen, but eventually they were going to cross over um they were going to cross over between Van Helsing and the Brennan Fraser version of the mummy so much so that um the order that Van Helsing is working with and uh Oded Fahir, I think it's how you say his name um in the mummy movies their orders were going to be have been working together for thousands of years 
to stop ancient evils such as Dracula and Mhotep. Um, this was uh, discussed in the commentary to the film, which for some reason, while I had the DVD when I was younger uh, from the library, uh, I watched everything with the commentary on um, to hear about this. Yeah. And the entire time I was like, God, that sounds so cool. Mm-hmm. I want to see all that. Um, Fair. And you asked, you at one point asked me, you were like, well, how could they do that if they were in different times? Well, most importantly, Van Helsing is immortal. So, you know, just aging him up about, you know, 20 or 30 years wouldn't be that difficult. Um, but this unfortunately never came to fruition. It's very sad. Um, is it? It, 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 it? it is. It is. Um, I'm heartbroken. <laughs> th- thank you, Al. Thank you. Um, <laughs> no, we never, we never did get a sequel. There, there were, there were other sequels in plans. Like I know that they had discussed doing, um, doing other Universal monsters, and I don't really know who else they would do. I guess like Creature from the Black. Lagoon oh, Black Lagoon and, was definitely Phantom of the Opera. Black Lagoon was or... supposed to appear in this. Was he? So there's really? a reason. There's a reason why you see that river so many times. One of those times where. Um, mm. Velkin falls into the river. It's he's supposed you're supposed to see him go to the bottom. You see the black lagoon or not black the creature, the creature from uh, in the background. And I guess they were just like, you know, that's a little too much. Well, that's a little yeah, too that's much. Let's go a little yeah. too far. Yeah, huh. but no, I like. <laughs> bottom line, I will I will always love this movie, and I will always probably almost always want to watch it sooner or later as like a guilty pleasure, if nothing else, than just to. Enjoy, enjoy watching Richard Roxburgh. Just, I mean, make a meal out of the scenery. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right, Al, you said you had some thoughts, man. Yeah. So, man, I do just want to clarify because this is throwing me for a loop, real quick. At what point did you guys realize in the film that Van Helsing was like literally supposed to be the archangel? So I'm gonna be honest with you, okay? And this this is the honest truth, because remember I'm coming from a place different than you. In order for him to be Gabriel, mm-hmm. you have to <laughs> Gabriel Argofis. You have to re-examine everything you know theologically and mythologically about that character, Al. Sure. So I'm with like, you. so to this point, I'm saying like he ain't the Gabriel I know. And he ain't the Gabriel anybody knows, you know? So, like, because, so, so for example, okay, so the whole thing here is, like, well, Gabe, because, like, he's, like, you're the one that murdered me, Gabriel. And it's, like, why? Like, I, like, like you have, that that <laughs> brings up so many questions if he is the literal <laughs> archangel, you know? So, so yeah, so I'm, I'm not trying to throw you for a loop. I'm not stupid. No. I'm just bringing a little more to this conversation because I'm thinking to myself, that doesn't make any sense. But then again, nothing else really makes sense. So, uh, yeah. So, all right. You're probably right. You're, I, was, I was about to say, I love that, like, the thing that stopped you from grasping it was, now, hold on. I'm not sure that really adds up. In this it film. does. It <laughs> does. So, like, so the, because, like, because, like, the, the, like I've always said, okay, I, I'll put it this way. This is a very supernatural way of thinking about that character. Yes, it is. I agree. We've got the name of the character. That's all we really need, right? Like, you know, and like, and look, play, play in that playground all you want. Okay. But like, 
you know, I, I, I'm going to have a hard time putting aside, you know, the 2,000 years of mythology about that character just so you could be like, well, actually, Gabriel was God's assassin. How about that? And I'm just going to, I don't know, <laughs> you know. I, so, yeah, so so that, that that's where I'm at, Al. I'm, I, I'm, I'm sorry that I'm throwing for you for a loop, but that's just where I'm at. It's all good. It's all good. Right. Um, so I remember distinctly uh, when I first watched this movie as a child, um, not grasping that whatsoever and being like, who is he? Mm-hmm. And um, then eventually, I can't remember if I was looking it up on Wikipedia or something or if I was. I can't remember how I found that out, but I did, because um, I might have been through the commentary as well. I didn't have that. I think about it while watching the movie, um, but yeah, I it was it was later. It was it was within the last ten years or so. I would say. Um, so wow. yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, I got you. It's just I don't know. I ever considered that to be like a like an allegory or anything. I just, I always took that at face value of them saying, yeah, he's the archangel. He's the left hand of God. He's Gabriel. Yeah, we're not lying to you. <laughs> There's no tomfoolery at hand with this thing. But it's okay. like, it, it, but, but, that, but that's like, I mean, Al, like, I'm not, I, like, I'm not trying to belabor the point, but it's, it's literally like saying, if it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's probably an Abrams tank, you know, like, like <laughs> that's literally what they're doing there, because it's like none of, none of the things that anyone knows about Gabriel makes sense with that, with that being true. Like, I, I just like, I remember being at Masada. What were you doing at Masada, Gabriel? Like, what, <laughs> like, what are you? Doing? What side do you fight on? Like, I don't, you know, like it, it just adds all these questions. I seriously, the reason, I, the reason I'm being this way is because I, I, I'll tell you what, I'll put it in this way. I'm not totally sure that that's where they thought they were going. Okay. I think they were just trying to do like a weird, like, well, he's, he's timeless kind of thing. And like, maybe he is the Archangel Gabriel. Maybe not. We're just going to throw his crap against the wall and see what happens. I think that's closer to what it is, you know, but. Sure, fine. He's the Archangel Gabriel, whatever. You know, it's, yep. it's weird. That's him. That's him. He was the one. I I personally really enjoy the image I get when I try to imagine um, when I try to imagine Hugh Jackman um, arriving at the home of <laughs> of the Virgin Mary and telling her that she's gonna have a child. I think that's great. Yeah. What <laughs> if Mike? <laughs> Like the thing is, like that's the other thing. Like Gabriel's a messenger. He's a messenger through like the the his entire mythology is messenger. You know, like the whole like even in like the Book of Enoch and so I know we're we're really getting in the weeds right now, but like I'm just saying like his entire mythology is that his his mythology is not like you know I showed up Masada one day and picked up a sword and just like I just started whacking. You know, like it, <laughs> that's, that's not a thing. Like it's just not there. So no, I'm, I'm not going to be like gaslit into believing that this is because it's you not. Know, it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. You know, it's a good. <laughs> it is a good episode of Phantom Talk when Josh brings up the Book of Enoch. Yeah, that is, that's, you know, that's when you know. That's how you know. What's your other thought, Al? Um, yeah. So I just wanted to um, ask. I wanted to inquire, particularly of Jacob, as the resident uh, Van Helsing fan. 
uh, <laughs> Jacob, have you have you seen um, the the prequel project Van Helsing, the London Assignment? So I've never actually gotten around to watching it. We've got it at the store. Do you really? Well, wow. I'm doing next week sometime. <laughs> uh, no, I, I did I did want to watch it um, because I know it kind of gives you more. I, it's more backstory into Jekyll and Hyde, right? Yeah, it is. It yeah. is. Also, it does some weird mythology stuff with Queen Victoria, which Hell <laughs> is, yeah. kind of, is kind of random. But um, yeah, okay, cool. I was just curious as to whether I'm sorry. Is she John the Baptist's mother? <laughs> I'm just wondering. If only. No, no. Um, so for anyone who doesn't know, Van Helsing, the London Assignment, is an is a cartoon prequel to the events of Van Helsing. Um, I mean, in it, Queen Victoria is obsessed with eternal youth, and in order to drink and fuel the potions she drinks for her eternal youth, um. T- t- Dr. Jekyll has to use the souls of the victims he kills to infuse into the potions that she drinks so Queen Victoria can be eternally young. God, so why don't, they, why don't they kill her then? Hmm? Why, why aren't they killing her then? I, I don't know. I haven't watched the movie. Maybe, oh, well, maybe she, <laughs> well, she's the Queen Victoria. I mean, well, yeah, they're the Queen of England. Oh, I don't... I mean, you know, I'm just saying, like, you know, uh, Dracula's account... <laughs> Does Van Helsing see a sense good in her? Exactly, yeah. Probably. <laughs> he probably senses good in Queen Victoria. Yeah. She's, only, she's only been marked by evil, but she's not really evil. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. But kill all the werewolves, though. Yeah. He's only drinking the souls of children. She's not taking the souls of children. Right. <laughs> but no, that's all that's, I have. That's just Hocus Pocus, right? <laughs> Pretty wow. much is just Hocus Pocus. <laughs> Weird. Stealing from better movies now. Okay. Anyway. Okay. All right. All right. I think I think that's a good little bow to put on Van Helsing. I guess you know, so. they were just like Queen Victoria, one of the most successful queens in the history of England. Well, she sucked the souls out of children. You know, that, that's a fun thing to do. Yeah. So yeah, whatever. But anyway, yeah. I uh, that that's Van Helsing. I tell you, it is it is definitely a movie. It's a thing. It's it a movie exist. that exists, yeah. and like it was, you know, it's weird to think there was a time where you know somebody thought like this movie, it's gonna, it's gonna be huge, and we're gonna, we're all gonna make millions of dollars off this franchise, and it just did not happen. So, uh, I do want to thank uh, Al for putting up with it. Al, hopefully the next two movies we do won't be as painful. Yeah, I, I hope to have escaped the grips of Van Helsing forever. There you go. <laughs> also, want to thank Jake for being. Uh, being the expert yeah. and uh yeah you know and and uh, and offering his his takes and defense of this movie i i was very very happy to have this be my first horror fest um podcast and i am already looking forward to my suggestion for next year's um so yeah all right well we're not we're not taking suggestions for next year so oh come on my next year's is actually good yeah i don't know about all that so uh, you never know if anymore i don't know if i believe you jacob yeah um, <laughs> I do just want to say, as we close, real quick, if anybody is interested in watching um, a good film that features Kate, I can say old, killing a whole bunch of vampires. You should watch Underworld. It's really good. Underworld's fantastic. Underworld, yeah, all three of them. 
Well, for nah, them, and there's five, there's really, and then there's don't two you dare. Yeah. There, there's so much more than 30. Well, there's three that matter, okay? Let's be honest with ourselves here. How dare you, sir? I'm, I'm, I, I said what I said, uh, but yeah. So yeah, that but uh, that that'll that'll do it for this evening, and uh, you know this is this has been uh, your your friends at the Phantom Correspondents, uh, you know, watching horror movies and and uh, you know talking about them, and uh, hope you enjoyed this time with us. And as always, as we like to say at the end, uh, Phantom is for everyone, and uh, you know keep uh, keep keep an eye out for us. We've got some good content coming in Star Wars. Got more horror fest coming your way. Go to the Discord. Uh, go to go to any of your social medias. I think we're on all of them at this point. Pretty much. Yeah, and uh, you know, drop us a line. You know, if you have a question or you know, or a suggestion, uh, we always want to take those. Uh, so yeah, and uh, okay. Last thoughts on Van Helsing? It's one of the greatest movies ever made. Okay, Jake, give us one Richard Roxburg Van Helsing. Ladies and gentlemen. I give you Van Helsing! Wow. <laughs> that's, that's as good a way to end as, as any, and uh, everyone have a good night. <laughs>